Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. We've got a absolute jam-packed hour, so really glad to have you with us. Don't forget, if you're with us live on the Big X at 11 a.m. or you listen to the show as a podcast, plenty of ways to find us. Uh, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find us there. But welcome in. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Gearing up for... A challenging game, I think, this weekend for Indiana as they host Western Kentucky in football and obviously gearing up for another Friday night, week five of high school football this Friday. We'll talk about lots of IU and lots of high school football stuff here in the show today. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments, Daniel McDonald, the head coach of Providence Football, will be with us. Today we're going to highlight the Pioneers and a really good start to the season for Providence. They are 3-0 with wins over Bethlehem from down in Bardstown, Kentucky. Lloyd Memorial from Kentucky, and they won the town championship game against Clarksville on Friday night, 42-20. And uh, despite his starting quarterback being injured, Coach McDonald's club having success so far this season, and he'll join us coming up here in just a few minutes. Also, later in the show, it's Tuesday, so Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with us. Mike always joins on Tuesdays. We'll get into a lot of IU football stuff today with Mike. We'll start to preview the Western Kentucky contest. We'll take a look at the health of this Indiana team. We'll talk more about Connor Basilak, the starting quarterback for Indiana this season and then later in the show Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com will talk IU basketball with a lot of recruiting today because it is the fall evaluation period the IU coaches have made multiple stops on the road checking out targets and to be honest they've spent a lot of time so far in the state looking at Jalen Harrelson and some of the other key players in the borders of the Hoosier State right now and Jeff will be uh, giving us an update on recruiting coming up later in the show today and there's some other local news to get to some IU recruiting news football recruiting news that is some commitments yesterday that we'll discuss coming up here in just a bit as well so uh, keep it locked with us for the hour today Uh, tons of stuff to jam into this one hour we have with you each and every day that's the show lineup a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered you can dine in take them to go and curbside service is still available as well 
at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. You got a comment, question, uh, something for one of our guests, 502-414-1450 is that number. Again, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day let's go to the phone line coach mcdonald of providence football is with us to kick off this tuesday program coach congratulations we don't have him yet stand by don't have coach mcdonald yet we'll get back to him here in just a few moments thank you producer gary for the update uh let's get into some stuff on iu football recruiting i want to tell you about a couple commits that came in yesterday a commitment from california wide receiver orlando greenlow committed to the program six foot five 210 pound wide receiver he attends lawndale high school which is near los angeles he committed during a uh, visit to bloomington this weekend he was there uh, for the idaho game also a commitment from uh indiana or to indiana from louisiana edge aj thomas uh, he is a 2023 recruiting class member and committed to the program yesterday. He is from Zachary High School in Louisiana, six foot three, 220 pound standout from that state. A lot of offers for him with uh, AJ Thomas selecting the Hoosiers uh, from a long list of suitors. Uh, also, a, a note about a local event coming up this weekend. We've got the Harvest Hoop Fest three on three tournament. It's associated with the Harvest Homecoming festival which is just around the corner in new albany uh there's a divisions for adults uh boys girls males uh females and uh, a big turnout for this weekend a lot of basketball will take place at kevin hammersmith memorial park in new albany and that's the host of the harvest three on harvest hoop fest three on three tournament a double elimination bracket they're still taking registrations in the final hours of taking registrations from this weekend so if you've got a team you want to get online at hoosierhillshoops.com slash harvest again hoosierhillshoops.com slash harvest and you can register your team there but uh, again high school and younger uh, adults as well and uh, lots of ways to uh, get with the uh, program for this weekend the harvest hoop fest three-on-three tournament we're going to head to a commercial break and try to connect with coach mcdonald of providence football busy show ahead this is the hoosier All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Coach Daniel McDonald of Providence Football, my guest in this segment. We wanted to highlight the Pioneers today who are off to a tremendous start at 3-0 on the seasons. Wins over Bardstown, Bethlehem, and Lloyd Memorial from Kentucky. And then a big town championship victory this past Friday night, 42-20 over rival Clarksville. Coach McDonald, welcome in, and congratulations on a tremendous start to the 2022 season. Hey, thanks, Matt, and I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. A great start for your team, and I think, interestingly enough, you're doing it at least the last game with your starting quarterback out. Carter Lannon has a broken wrist and is out for a period of time, so to see your guys rally together and some other guys step up in key roles to keep this great season going has got to make you feel good about your group. Yeah, it definitely hurt to lose Carter. Uh, You can't replace his leadership. Um, 
he would be a second-year starter, set the school record for passing touchdowns and yardage last year as a sophomore, and to lose him so early in the season, um, it, it's a tough task for anybody. And Preston Kemp, um, our sophomore backup, really stepped up and did a nice job for us. Talking with Coach McDonald of Providence, you guys have had an interesting schedule so far. Two Kentucky schools to start the year and then getting right into the town championship game uh, for your third contest of the season this past Friday. Uh, some different challenges for Providence to start the season. I know historically the New Albany-Providence game always started the year, but as you guys change directions in the schedule, uh, you've went out to find some different opponents to get this group ready early and uh, see where you're at uh, right away. The Bethlehem game is good for us. Uh, it's a Kentucky team, but they're a small co-ed Catholic school just like we are, um, and they, they have a lot of talent. They had, um, or have rather, several players on their roster who could go play college football you know, next year, if not next week, you know, hypothetically. So that was a good game for us. It was a good win. They were ranked. Uh, in their coaches poll number three in one A in Kentucky, so that's a solid win for us. Uh, Lloyd Memorial was a was a big, fast, physical football team, um, and they'll be competitive in two A in Kentucky. Um, so those are two really good games to get us ready for our Indiana schedule. And then um, what what can you say about the Clarksville game? Our sophomore backup quarterback steps in and plays exceptionally well, and um, we held Robert Lamar to his lowest rushing total of the season, albeit still over 200 yards. But, I mean, hats off to that kid. They handed it to him 40 times, and he, he ran for over 200 yards. I tell you what, what a unique storyline. Uh, after two big wins with Carter Landon running the ship, he goes down, and it's the town championship game. It's a dangerous Clarksville team keyed by Robert Lamar, as you just mentioned. And a big spot for a sophomore, Preston Kempf, to be inserted into things and uh, maybe a little bit of a nervous start, but very quickly he seemed to be comfortable and uh, led your team forward to the victory. It's, it really speaks to Carter's leadership. All week long um, he spent a lot of time uh, talking with Preston, coaching him up, kind of being a, a second offensive coordinator, if you will, or a second quarterback's coach, uh, kind of my right-hand man getting Preston ready. And then you got guys like Kate Unruh, who stepped up and made a play for us on the on the big kickoff return. Uh, Luke Kruer on both offense and defense. Brian Wall offensively and defensively. Um, and then our linebacker linebacking core made a nice, uh, or rather, did a nice job Friday as well. Coach McDonald of Providence Football joining us here in this opening segment of our Tuesday program. Uh, as you head into your fourth game of the season in week five, and it's a big one against Charlestown, we'll talk about that here in a moment. What is the strength or maybe multiple strengths of this football team uh, that have got you to this 3-0 and record so far? Our junior class is, is really talented. Um, we only have three seniors, and all three of those guys are starters, and they're playing well. Um, our junior class is very talented, and I tell you, our D-line is um, quickly growing up. Uh, Nolan Finnegan played a little bit for us last year, but really has become a full-time starter this year um, and really grew up Friday night, played very well, um, didn't blow a lot of assignments, and, and was really physical. And that speaks to his off-season uh, work ethic. He put on uh, 15 to 20 pounds of muscle and, and really got a lot stronger. 
talking with Coach McDonald of Providence. Coach, I do want to bring up the Friday night game against Charlestown, uh, a very important game, I think, for Southern Indiana football, maybe one that the most eyes will be on this Friday night. Charlestown off to an undefeated start. They have played some tremendous football so far this season. Your Providence team, 3-0 and as, as well. I know this is still a really big challenge for your team, but thoughts on Charlestown and this matchup as you're right here in the middle of the week getting prepared for Friday night? Charlestown has a ton of talent um, on all 22 positions. Uh, There's talent all over the field. Uh, They've done a really good job um, building their program and and getting talented athletes into their building. Um, So they're impressive. I don't know what to say about the quarterback, uh, number 18, that hasn't already been said. He he kind of runs the show for them, and uh, they do a nice job of doing things to uh, kind of play to their quarterback's talents. Coach, as you look ahead beyond Friday night, uh, some interesting games left on your schedule at Holy Cross in Louisville, at Milan, another 1A school. Corden Central will come to your place as well uh, in a tough road game to close out the year at North Harrison. But I think you've got to like the balance in your schedule the rest of the way. There are definitely some challenges that will get your team tournament ready, uh, but also some games against like uh, opponents that, uh, again, should all help in the uh, preparation for postseason play. Yeah, I've really preached to our program as a whole that we want to take everything one game at a time and not to devalue or belittle the importance of our regular season games, but they're all glorified scrimmages when you think about it because everybody is guaranteed at least one sectional game. So we treat our regular season as a prep for for the sectional games, the games that really matter. Now, I want to win every game just as much as anybody. Um, But like you said, Matt, there is a lot of balance in our schedule that and, and a lot of different schemes as well. We're, we're facing a lot of spread teams, some some I teams, some you know twenty one, twenty two personnel teams that'll get down and get after you. And, and that's the kind of those are the kind of games that you need to uh, see. And those are the kind of offenses and defenses that you have to prepare for to get yourselves ready for the playoffs. Coach McDonald, I know this is year three for you at Providence. Uh, and you're well aware of the great football tradition historically that Providence has had here in southern Indiana. I know you're building that program, trying to get things where you want it, but in year three, this 3-0 and start is the best that the program has had in a great number of years. Can you feel that tradition and that history and that pride in Providence football with the great start behind your team? The community support that I've had here from day one has been um, overwhelming uh, from alumni, uh, boosters, people in the community, the administration, the student body. Um, it's, 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 like I said, it's been overwhelming. So, yeah, we can, we can kind of feel that tradition. I knew coming into this job that there was a, it was a tradition-rich program, and um, we're just taking it one game at a time, man. All right, Daniel McDonald of Providence. Year three for him, 3-0 and start, and a big one coming up Friday night as Providence will play host to Charlestown. That is a 7 o'clock kickoff on Friday. Coach, we'll catch up with you a little later in the season, but keep up the great work, and congratulations on a wonderful start. Appreciate it, Matt. Take care, brother.
All right, Daniel McDonald of Providence with us. And wanted to highlight the Pioneers. Obviously a great start for them. We'll head to a quick commercial break. We're back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. IU football on tap and the Nebraska job. What's going on there? Nebraska with a bad loss over the weekend. Scott Frost in a lot of trouble. Is Mark Stoops, the UK coach, a candidate for that job? We'll discuss all that and more with Mike next. Jeff Rabjohn still ahead as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier going to join me in just a moment. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike, I mentioned at the top of the show a couple commitments yesterday for IU football here in the middle of the season. Uh, Some new faces coming in for next year. There certainly are, and I, I know I've been getting the question a ton lately, like what's going on with IU football's 2023 recruiting class because it's small, and if you just go look at the the rankings on 24-7 or elsewhere, it makes it look like it's a, a really bad class for Indiana after an exceptionally good one in 2022. I, I think much of that is driven by just sheer numbers, you know, the, the less amount of recruits you have the lower your ranking is going to be. They, they don't focus as much as on the actual evaluation or rating of the player themselves. So it, it drives down uh, the, the way it looks on paper. But if you look at the actual player evaluation and ratings, Indiana's doing you know reasonably well. You know, middle of the pack for the Big Ten, um, which is you know not always the the worst place. We've certainly seen worse for Indiana historically when it comes to, to recruiting. But the the two the last in the last day, uh, AJ Thomas, defensive end out of Louisiana, which is kind of seems to be growing more and more as a, a state that that IU's focused on and starting to pull talent out of. Um, you know, he's a top. Top 800, I believe, overall ranked player in the class. Um, kind of a sweet spot for Indiana. Uh, you know, kind of that you know, you know, really solid three-star type type of player. Um, and, and then a receiver out of California who, who's interesting. You know, when you look at his profile, Orlando Greenlow's his name um, had offers from like Washington, USC, Oklahoma, um, but took a visit to IU just over this last weekend and. You know, immediately pulled the trigger for the Hoosiers. So uh, I think I read elsewhere that that he was uh, kind of just you know ready to get the thing over with. You know, into his senior season of high school and wanted to, to go ahead and get the thing done. So he'll be an interesting guy to track. You know, he's played like just about every position on the field. Probably more of an athlete, listed as a wide receiver, and it seems like at six five and two ten that that's where he'll end up. But he's played defense including Mike Linebacker this year out there in the Los Angeles area. So he'll be an interesting guy to, to see how he pans out. 
Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Mike Schumann, thedailyhoosier.com, at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. Mike, yesterday we recapped the Idaho game. It was a scary first half for the Hoosiers. They did rebound in the second half to go on and win the ball game. My question to you is, based on their performance against Illinois and then their first half performance specifically against Idaho, should Hoosier fans be concerned about this team, or was that just a rainy game from a team trying, still trying to find its way uh, that had a bad half? How do you score Saturday's game? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to tell fans how to interpret it, but certainly the, the where, where I'm at with it is it's still a kind of to-be-determined, uncertain product. Um, you know, I, I certainly get the notion that, that the weather contributed in the first half, but I think Tom Allen said it best, you know, that that impacted both teams. So you, you can't put too much on that. You do get the sense that Connor Bazelak is, you know, a guy that doesn't like to play in, in the weather, or at least he certainly looked like he was impacted by it a great deal. That that first half that he put up, put on tape was not good at all, but the second half was exceptional. Second half against Illinois was exceptional. So um, just, just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of inconsistency. Um, you know, bottom line is that they're 2-0. We've seen so much craziness so far in college football. I, I think you can expect, you know, a lot of inconsistency going forward. One thing that struck me um, after the Idaho game, after watching a lot of craziness in college football, you know, and going back to something Allen said last week is just when you looked at Idaho's roster, yeah, they're an FCF school, but, you know, they, there was a ton of transfers on, on that roster, you know, a Notre Dame kid, kids from all up and down the West Coast uh, that, that played at the FBS level and then transferred to Idaho. I think that's going on all over the place. You know, we've seen the numbers of kids going into the transfer portal. So it just makes you wonder if there's kind of a, a balancing of, of the strength in college football. You've seen it in college basketball for years where mid-majors can compete with, with the high majors as they get older and the, the top high major teams, you know, lose people to the portal or lose people to the NBA, and it, it could be the case that, you know, there's a lot more talent at these lower-level college football programs, like a Marshall. You know, obviously that was one of the headlines over the weekend. Um, that's kind of just balancing everything out. And, you know, even even when you think of an, a Big Ten school like in Indiana going up against an Idaho, you, you expect it to go more like it did last year. But, you know, maybe we're getting to the point with the portal that, that that's not going to be the case as much anymore going forward. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, uh, let's look ahead at this weekend. I think it's going to be a challenge for Indiana and a real game to see. Uh, is Indiana going to be ready for some of the stiff Big Ten competition ahead? This Western Kentucky team is is no slouch. Yeah, absolutely. One of the top offenses in the country. Indiana fans, I'm sure, remember that from last year. Not not much has changed. They, they do have a different quarterback, but they're running the same system you know, serious up-tempo. It's probably going to be comedic at times to, to watch both teams playing so fast and, you know, having, you know, either a bunch of points or a bunch of really quick possessions. It's, it, it should be interesting just from an entertainment aspect, if nothing else. But Western Kentucky seems to be a little bit better on defense this year. They're, they're generating takeaways. Um, you know, I, I expect this to be a lot like last year. I think it's going to be a, a stiff test for Indiana. I think it, it could go down to the 
the fourth quarter. Uh, I think I saw could have been updated. The first I saw, they were like directionally like a seven point favorite. Um, so you know, the the independent guys out there see it as a touchdown or or less type of game. I certainly see that as well. Um, you know, Western Kentucky just to my earlier point is another team that has a lot of former FBS guys on the roster that have kind of, you know, make them a, a legitimate threat that, that I think is going to make it a very entertaining game on Saturday. If you're, if you're just looking for, you know, a good game to watch, I think you're going to get it. Mike, there have been a lot of newcomers to IU this year, uh, thanks to the transfer portal specifically. Uh, also, some key freshmen coming in. Desan McCullough, no one has been more impressive than him as far as a, a young player on the roster. But who has caught your eye the most as a new player on this team this season that you think as Indiana does get back into Big Ten play and takes on some of the big dog, dogs can hang and be successful against that level of competition? Well, I mean, that that's kind of the story of their team in a lot of ways this year is there's just so many new players contributing, especially on the offensive side. I mean, you talk about Bazelak, you talk about Sean Shivers, you talk about Cam Camper, you know, probably the, the you know, clearly Bazelak's the, the top guy at quarterback, Shivers is the top guy at running back, and Camper probably, I haven't checked, but probably is leading the team. In reception, so I mean, those are all three new faces at skill positions that are are standing out so far. Um, uh, Desan McCullough is really—you mentioned him. He's the guy that you know. You just never know with freshmen, even as highly rated and regarded as he was coming in. Um, I believe the top-rated recruit ever for the program. You, you just never know, especially in their first year. You never know, but you can see. Um, it's just undeniable, you know, his length, his athleticism, his strength, his, you know, versatility. He can do so many different things out on the football field that, you know, you can put him at, at linebacker, you can put him out on the edge. You know, I think he grew up even playing some defensive back, so he's got those instincts out in, you know, to cover in the passing game as well, um, you know. Just the the potential for him, you know, not only this year but down the road is just really exciting. You see, you know, he was an Ohio State commit. You see, kind of what that Cowboy player can bring to Indiana, um, and you, you you hope if you're an IU fan that they can continue to bring in that kind of talent because he's a real difference maker already. Mike, I want to jump across to another Big Ten topic that is uh, is catching some some uh, publicity right now. Lots of it, in fact. Nebraska fired Scott Frost after their 45-42 loss to Georgia Southern on Saturday. That's opened up a lot of rumors. I know Mark Stoops at Kentucky. Uh, we've heard uh, a lot about that. Could he, maybe he go there? I don't think that makes sense for him, but his name has sure been in the rumor mill. Amazing to me that, and I guess it's just interesting, back in 2017, Frost led UCF to an undefeated season. And in 1997, he quarterbacked the Cornhuskers to a national championship. When he was hired four years or so ago, it was a can't-miss hire for Nebraska. One of their own, a guy that had had success at a, a good level of Division One college football, 
returning home with a brand that, you know, just years before that had been very solid. Uh, but things have sure changed in Nebraska. And also, I found it interesting. I read that when they fired him yesterday, the buyout was $15 million. Had they waited three more weeks, his buyout would have dropped basically in half down to $7.5 million. So must have been lots of pressure, and understandably so when you lose to someone like Georgia Southern and you've got some, you know, some expectations on you. But that is a very interesting in-season situation here in the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. And you captured all, all the key points in my mind there. You know, the, the headline for me, like I said a couple of weeks ago when, when they looked really bad that, you know, he, he may not even be the head coach when, when Indiana plays them. And a lot of people came back to me and said, yeah, but, you know, he's got this buyout that, you know, should keep him around. And that at the time seemed like a very valid point. But to, to make a decision that, you know, is in the millions of dollars over the course of just a couple of weeks gives you a sense of just how bad the situation was i mean you see the results in the field that you don't know everything that goes into that it must have been pretty bad kind of behind the scenes in order to make a decision with that kind of financial impact you know nebraska draws really well um you know you could even see you know concerns about an empty stadium that that sort of thing who knows what all the variables that went into it you know behind the scenes but it, but it had to be very bad for them to make that decision when when they could have waited a few more weeks and, and you know had a much less significant financial strain on the program but yeah I agree I remember five years ago when, when they did it thinking man that that's just a home run hire how can that possibly not not work out for Nebraska on so many levels but but you see you know th- there was so much talk about indiana on the basketball side hiring one of their guys it, it can go bad i mean it can it can not work out the way you want it to and now it's you know it's awkward all around on nebraska side one of their one of their all-time greats and fan favorites is kind of you know out the door here and you know his reputation's tarnished and everything that goes with that so it, it is delicate um, but it, it's also going to be interesting to you know see how they play this week. Then, then I think if I remember right, they have a bye week before Indiana, so that'll give them some time to kind of reorganize themselves. But it'll it'll be interesting to see how they respond. I mean, if it, if it was a toxic situation in the locker room and just getting him out and getting somebody new running the show, they could respond. I, I think that to me right now is the most in- interesting thing with Nebraska. To, do they just mail in the rest of the season? Do players start looking elsewhere, you know, even going into the portal midseason? Or do they rally around this new coach and, and, you know, actually play well the rest of the year? You know, that could be a really important game for Indiana because it's the first game as they return to Big Ten action after the Cincinnati game. And if Indiana could muster a win at home against Western Kentucky, and, of course, the big challenge would be at Cincinnati the following week, I mean, if Indiana could go into that contest 4-0, and I know I may have some wishful thinking here or hopeful thinking for IU fans, but if they could go into that contest, the Nebraska game on October 1, 4-0, a win over Nebraska that's struggling and has had a coaching change in season, that puts the Hoosiers at 5-0, only one game away from bowl eligibility. So uh, obviously on the schedule, that's an, an important game, a game Indiana has to win if they have hopes of a bowl this season. But if uh, if things set up uh, right, it could be extra important to see Indiana uh, get that win over a struggling Nebraska program all the way around right now. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I think it's much more on paper, much more winnable than it was three years ago when they went out there. That, in a lot of ways, that win that Indiana had at Nebraska in 2019 kind of feels like the, the beginning of the end for Frost. I mean, I remember kind of that game week, you know, there was so much talk from Nebraska about, you know, you know I think they wore their black uniforms, which is a big thing for them. They, they were really rallying around that game. And you could just, the air kind of came out of their season when they lost. And I think Indiana was a you know, pretty substantial underdog in that game. I, I don't know. Obviously, a lot can play out between now and October 1st when they meet again out there. But I feel like, you know, sitting here right now, it does seem like a really big game for IU when you talk about bowl eligibility. Certainly winnable. But, you know, I don't think Nebraska is ever going to be a situation where you go out there and it feels like a, a an easy win. They're, they're still going to be up against, you know, probably 80,000, 90,000 fans, and it's going to be a tough atmosphere, and there's still talent on that roster. So it's going to be tough, but it, it's certainly one of those games remaining where you think if you're going to get to six, you, you need to get that one. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking IU football with us today. Mike, as always, thanks for the chat. Thanks, Matt. Always enjoy it. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with our final segment of this Tuesday show. Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com will join us. Lots of IU basketball, specifically recruiting stuff next with Jeff. And IU put out a big scholarship offer yesterday to the best player, the top-ranked player in the 2024 class in the country. We'll tell you about that and more next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com, the publisher of the Peaks.com website, is with us. And we're going to talk IU basketball with a focus on recruiting here in this segment. First off, Jeff, a busy time for coaches. The season is just around the corner, and it's the fall evaluation period, which means that Mike Woodson and his staff have had the opportunity to get out to some open gyms and some preseason practices and really show some of these recruiting targets exactly how interested they are in them. Where have the IU coaches been so far this season, and who have they watched here this fall? Yeah, it's a really it's an important time, and I think a lot of people know this. But just in case anybody's unaware, uh, it's it's different from the summer. Summer is evaluation when coaches go watch players, but they can't sit there and talk to them and talk to their parents and everything in the gym. This is actually a fall recruiting period. You know, you can go to the gym, you can watch the player in his open gym, you can talk to him, you can talk to his coaches. Um, if his parents are there, you can talk to them. So this is actually a, a pretty important time, relationship building. Uh, showing up, showing interest, those things, those kind of things. So it's an important time of year. The uh, the recruiting period started on Friday, September 9th. Uh, Woodson and his staff started out full staff, all four of them. And I think everybody knows the max you can have out is four, the head coach and his three assistants. So full staff is all four of them. Woodson and, and I used, they started full staff for Jalen Harrelson. 
the six foot seven point guard from Fisher is a guy who's projected to be the top 20, top 15, shoot, maybe top 10 in the country in the 2025 class. Um, so they went to see him. They made a swing. Uh, Woodson made a swing with uh, assistant Yusir Rosemond down to, down to the Atlanta area. They went to see Arrington Page, the 2023 center that they're working on. Uh, they went to see Ja'Kai Newton, the 2023 guard, uh, who is committed to IU. Um, uh, assistant coach uh, Kenny Hunter went out to D.C. Um, he's got a lot of connections in the D.C. area, so he was out there on Friday. Uh, and then yesterday was uh, Monday, September 12th, was, was a monster day. Um, Mike Woodson and Brian Walsh hit key prospects over in, in Ohio. Uh, including Raleigh Burgess, the six foot eleven center uh, from Cincinnati Sycamore High School, and I had a chance. I went over there last week to watch Raleigh in open gym, and it's it's really interesting, Matt. Um, I think everybody who saw him with Indiana Elite saw that you know he's big, got you know stout body, you know strong legs. He can post up, but he can also go on the outside and hit threes. He is a legitimate inside outside player where he is a threat both on the block and past the three-point line. The thing that was interesting watching him last week, he's now getting to the point he can take the ball off the backboard, turn around, and bring it up. I don't mean bring it up like a guard or a forward. He's still a 6'11 center, but you don't look at it and go, oh, God, Raleigh, pass the ball. What are you doing? You know, he's actually, he had a couple times he went coast to coast, and it was like, okay, didn't know you could do that. And afterwards, I was talking to him, and I was like, I didn't know you could do that. He's like, yeah, in July, I couldn't. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, so he's a guy who has been to Indiana uh, four different times for unofficial visits. He was there last year for a couple games. Uh, he visited recently in August. So he's certainly somebody to keep an eye on from the IU perspective. Um, and then uh, you see Rosemond, who obviously has a lot of Atlantic connections, was in that area. I stopped by a place called Overtime Elite and uh, saw a number of talented players, including Nas Cunningham, the number one player in the country in the 2024 class. And he went ahead and extended an Indiana scholarship offer to, to Cunningham. Uh, so that was probably the biggest development. Uh, Rosemont saw some other guys, uh, in, in that area. And, um, then, uh, Woodson and Walsh hit a couple other guys in Ohio. And, um, the, the recruiting period, you know, it runs basically until the season starts, essentially, uh, is, is how it goes. And then, you know, it changes to, uh, the, the season. But, um, yeah, so Indiana has seen, I have it in front of me, I think I'm looking at uh, 14, uh, 14, 15 players so far uh, in the fall evaluation period. Nice. Uh, Jeff Rabjohnspeaks.com, our guest. More on uh, Nas Cunningham, again, top-ranked player in 2024. And you mentioned uh, Coach Roseman saw him at Overtime Elite down in Atlanta. That's a not a school, but it's an academy-like environment, I believe, where high school players can be scholarshiped and also profit off their name, image, and likeness and keep their college eligibility. Can you tell us a little bit more about that kind of new wave of uh, high school basketball or some of this stuff that's going on on a, on a, I don't want to say a national level, but on an academy level, it's kind of a new wave of things? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not your traditional high school. Uh, it is a place, overtime elite is for basketball. They go to high school there at, at another high school. And uh, when it first started, that um, they were going to bring guys in who were probably, you looked at them and said, yeah, that guy's going to the NBA at some point. Pretty much surefire pros. Uh, and they were going to pay them initially. 
And some players were willing to do that, but some players kind of looked at it and thought, man, what if I want my one year in college? Um, if, I've, if I've gotten paid in high school, then I can't go to college. It takes college completely off the table. So Overtime Elite adjusted its model to where players can get paid if they wish, but if they want to preserve their college eligibility, they basically get scholarship into the Overtime Elite program, and they're still allowed to make money off of their name, image, and likeness which is allowed in Georgia. So because it's allowed in the state of Georgia or or any state where it's allowed for a high school player to profit off name, image, and likeness, they retain their college eligibility. So that's the overtime model, overtime elite model for players who want to preserve their college eligibility. And that's what players like uh, Nas Cunningham uh, and others are doing down there at Overtime Elite. Jeff, you've got to hand it to the IU staff. Uh, Since they arrived in Bloomington, and Coach Woodson finalized his staff. They have went after the best players in the country, uh, whether it's a top 10, top five, and again, in this case, number one ranked Nas Cunningham. Indiana doesn't shy away from anything. If there's a guy they want, they'll jump in the competition, jump in the mix, and go after the very best. Yeah, it's a staff with, uh, certainly with uh, Kenya Hunter, you know, who's been around for 25 years or so, has an incredible amount of connections. Um, and, and, and real connections, not just I know so-and-so, but real relationships. I mean, with Kenya Hunter, you know, this is a guy who got, you know, national top 150 guys to, to Nebraska when he was on that staff out there with Michael Lewis and those guys. Um, and that was through a, a lot through the power of his relationships. So Kenya Hunter's got really deep relationships. And certainly, you know, Rosemont has, has very good connections in the Atlanta area which Indiana fans have seen pay off already with the quick commitment uh, from Ja'Kai Newton. Um, and that's gotten, excuse me, those kind of relationships have gotten IU in with, with some pretty big-time players. Um, and obviously, you know, Brian Walsh is a younger guy, you know, first year as an assistant, but he was director of recruiting. He's got more Midwest ties. But with, with, with the assistants, especially the, the two veteran guys, you know, they're not afraid to jump in. And they want to try to use their relationships, coupled with the brand of Indiana basketball, coupled with Mike Woodson's NBA experience, to try to see, you know, who they can get. Um, and they've had some really good success with, you know, Jalen Hudson, five-star point guard, um, with, you know, Malik Renault, a five-star forward, both guys coming out of Montverde. So they've done, they've done a good job. And, you know, Indiana is starting to, you know, the boosters and fans and businesses, you know, they're starting to contribute to the NIL collectives and having a robust NIL program um, is, let's just be honest, it's, it's necessary if, if you want to uh, swim in the big pool. You know, that's just part of the landscape now. Um, and with, you know, the Hoosier Hysterics Collective, with the Hoosiers for Good Collective, you know, Indiana is starting to to show that they have a robust NIL program, and that potentially has the opportunity to be a factor in you know NIU's recruiting. Um, you look at the schools who have really robust NIL programs; they're doing well. The schools that don't have robust NIL programs, they're really kind of having to go a little bit different direction and and not and not reach for you know the elite players on the top of the tree, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I think this is a staff that it's, it's going to go, it's going to make some big runs and you're going to hear no more than you hear. Yes. When you make some runs at elite players, 
But like we saw with Jalen Hedgefino and Malik Renault, if you get a couple of them, what happens? You get a national top 10 recruiting class. No question. Talking with Jeff Rabjohnspeaks.com here on this Tuesday program. One other recruiting question that I'm getting a lot is Arrington Page. We know he was at Miami most recently. His official visits have come to a close. I think maybe in an interview with you, his father said that it was a potential uh, he could go back for some quick visits uh, on their own dime to others to uh, to schools in that list just for one final little check-in before a decision is made. But it sounds like he is in the decision-making process. Do we know a timeline, and do we know where Indiana stands as this uh, 2023 recruitment with uh, Page comes down to a close? Yeah, I think right now he was eyeing a September decision, and that's still possible. Um, I think October is probably more likely as it stands right now. Uh, and again, you've been around for a while, Matt. You know things can change at any point in time in recruiting. But as we sit here on September 13th, I think October is more likely. As far as where IU stands, they're in the mix. Um, but I, I don't think they're in the lead right now. Um, I, I just I get that talking to you know people around Arrington. I just get the vibe that Indiana's not in the lead right now. Doesn't mean they can't win it, but I, I think I think there are some other schools that, that he's eyeing a little a little closer right now. And, and I think you know, I think Indiana would have to pass a couple cars here on the last couple laps to end up winning this. And again, I'm not saying they can't. They certainly could. It's recruiting. You can come from behind. Um, but I think Indiana would have to pass a couple cars here down the stretch to land Arrington Page. All right, Jeff Rabjohnspeaks.com with us. Jeff, thanks so much for the chat. Let's well, do which it I know is not the answer anybody wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's do it again soon. I want to get your thoughts next time we talk about all these lofty rankings and Big Ten expectations for IU and next season. So let's hook up again real soon. Sounds good, man. Have a good week, brother. Talk to you. Absolutely. Jeff Rabjohnspeaks.com with us here on this Tuesday show. One other local note that I wanted to mention, uh, there was an email sent from the Providence administration to its parents yesterday that announced Providence baseball coach Scott Hutchins has quote, tendered his resignations uh, from his positions, end quote, at the school, which would include both the baseball job and his teaching job as well. So that's something to keep an eye on. Coach Hutchins, a uh, Providence baseball coach for the last three years and a longtime Providence employee stepping away from things. So another baseball job coming open in the area. Uh, New Albany was open earlier in the year. Jeffersonville is open now, although that should be finalized here very soon as as far as who their next coach will be. And now it sounds like, according to this email yesterday, the Providence baseball job uh, open as well. So lots of coaching changes uh, here recently in baseball and a handful in basketball as well. Uh, that'll wrap up this Tuesday program. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>